0: We're going to be talking um, about a book in the Old Testament. So I guess, first of all, if you think you can even pronounce the name Ecclesiastes, raise your hand. Almost everyone. Okay, if you knew before now that it's a book in the Old Testament, raise your hand. Now that's pretty decent. If you've ever read the book of Ecclesiastes, raise your hand. Okay, that's good. That's good. Who can tell me where to find it in the Bible? Yes, Mr. Stalker. Uh, I think it's directly after Song of Solomon. Okay, or around Song of Solomon? Or directly before? All right, yes, that is the correct answer. It is before Song of Solomon. So, uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Uh, that's where we're going to be tonight. Um, So, grab the phone, open it up. Ecclesiastes and head all the way to Ecclesiastes 12, which is of course the end of the book. And um, we are going to cover a little bit at the beginning, but basically we're going to we're going to start at the end. Okay. Um, so spoiler alerts aside and everything, we're just going to get right to it and go to the last chapter of Ecclesiastes 12. Um, but first, would you pray with me? Okay. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Father God, you are so good to us um, that you do not leave us to sort of wander in um, the, the wilderness of confusion and uh, befuddlement in this life. But you give us wisdom, you give to us your spirit, and you combine those together so that we can live this life in a way that honors and glorifies you. And I pray, God, that as we look at your word, Please, Lord, just illuminate it to us, uh, enlighten our spirits, so that we can know what you want us uh, to understand from it tonight so that we can hear the voice of your spirit through your word, prompting us, nudging us, urging us to be more like you and to know you better. So I ask that you would use it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ecclesiastes, little little background first. This is one of the wisdom books in the Old Testament. Uh, it's one of the wisdom books because when you look at the, the beginning of it, we're basically told that Solomon, the son of King David, is the person who's behind it. There's a couple different characters. There's someone who's called uh, the preacher and the author, but basically most scholars understand that Solomon is behind this book. And if you remember, Solomon is the guy who was the son of King David. And the Lord appeared to him uh, one evening in a dream, I think it was, and basically said to him, Solomon, ask what I shall give you. Ask what I shall give you. Isn't that amazing that God would appear to him and ask him basically, let me know whatever it is you want. What shall I give to you? All right? Do you know what you would have responded in that moment had God asked you that? If God appears to you tonight, what would you ask? Or what would you tell God, the one thing that he could give to you? You don't have to share it, just keep it on your mind. You might say, well, I'd like an endless number of more wishes. What about that? Um, I don't think that's allowed. But what Solomon said was, As a young person here, God, as a young man who has become king, I need understanding. I need an understanding mind. I need wisdom. And so God granted that to him. So now Solomon is a wise king. We read about that. Um, We also read the Proverbs that Solomon mostly wrote. And then when we get to Ecclesiastes, you almost wonder if all that wisdom is sort of making him a little crazy, almost like he's a little too wise for his own good. Like, what's going on here, Solomon? But at the end of this book, there's two things that he says in particular, I think, to young people. Um, And what I want to do is share those two things with you tonight. Because I figure if Solomon in Ecclesiastes, in the Word of God, thinks that this is important enough for young people to hear, then maybe that would be a good thing for me to share with you. So Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 2. Verse 2 is going to say before certain things happen, okay? And then we're going to get to the punchline of the the two things Solomon says. But before these certain things happen, you should do two things. But what is the before? What are these certain things that verse 2 is going to talk about? Before They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. What is he talking about here? So before these certain things happen, I'm telling you that there's two things that he has to say to young people. But to unpack what's going on here, because I just sort of read it fast and we skimmed over it, you wonder, well, what is this? The the end of the world or something? But no, if I could have a volunteer, I'd like to illustrate. Um, And if it could be a a gentleman who um, would be a good sport and come on up, and I see a Caleb Garner smiling at me, so why not? Welcome, Caleb, up here. All right. Fine young man. Okay, so he's going to help us understand this passage, all right? So it says, Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. What Solomon is talking about there is... When a person gets old, their eyes grow dim. And sometimes they even have cataracts and their, their eyesight gets cloudy. So what that sort of might look like here, Caleb, is if you could stand and face this way for everybody is, there we go. Your eyes are darkened and the clouds, they, uh, they return after the rain, it says. So is, is it a little hard to see there? Okay. All right. It's possible, but it's hard. All right. And then he says, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble. Now, there's a little bit of uh, discussion about what this might mean, but I think it means that the keepers of your house, they're like your bones, right? And so sometimes when people get old, they start to tremble a little bit. So could you do that for us? Okay. So (laughs) he's he's trembling. Okay. Keep it up. Okay. Okay. No, you can stop when you want. All right. And the strong men are bent. So he kind of bent. Yeah, uh, you're getting it. You're getting it. And the grinders cease because they are few. Now, the grinders in the Old, Test- <laughs> Old Testament times, right? People would grind the the grain, you know, and they would make you know flour out of it. And um, so here's my grinders, and I'm not going to make you put these in. But yeah, so when you get old, sometimes you lose your grinders, right? And they cease because you're old. So that's what's happening to Caleb right here. He is growing old. And then it says, And those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird. Now, of course, here we're talking about your, your ears and your hearing, all right? So you don't hear things as well as what you used to. And you're startled easily, right? When you hear something, it makes you jump because he's terrified, all right? They're afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the almond tree blossoms. I was talking about, of course, when there's blossoms on a tree, it turns white, Right? So all your your hair is going to fall off or turn white here, Caleb. So let's get this on. Here we go. Very good. There. (laughs) I wish you could see yourself. You look great. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Uh, So the almond tree blossoms, and then the grasshopper drags itself Along, You know, because when you get old, most of the time, you need like a walking stick. And there you go. <clears throat> so he drags himself along. And desire fails. You just don't want to do the same things that you used to, do you, Caleb? No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he just wants to go home and go to bed, don't you? <laughs> yeah. All right, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped. Some people think that refers to your vertebrae. We're not going to snap your (laughs) vertebrae. (laughs) And the golden bowl is broken. That might refer to a person's uh, brain. Uh, (laughs) Or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the cistern. And dust returns to the earth as it was. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. So, Caleb. Caleb. Thank you for your help. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You can keep any of that you want except my teeth. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate it. All right. So as Caleb has um, helped us understand here, what this passage is referring to is someone who's growing old. Now, we love older people. We honor older people. We respect them. But the point of uh, what I think Ecclesiastes is sharing is that Two things to young people to keep in mind before this happens, before you get to that age where what he's describing here, and then um, dust returns to the earth. Your, your body literally dies, and your spirit returns to God who gave it. Two things we're going to say. Then he ends in verse 8 of that section, saying, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is Vanity. Now, if you're going to try to understand that sentence there, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity, you have to go back to the beginning of Ecclesiastes. So I'd ask you to, to turn there to chapter one, real quick. And um, <clears throat> he even starts off this book saying, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, exclamation point. All is vanity. The Hebrew word that he's using there is a word uh, pronounced hevel. Hevel is the Hebrew word. He says hevel, all is hevel. Now, Solomon, I think being a very wise person, in his life, he tried to understand life's mysteries I think and as he lived as as he as he matured and tried to understand sort of just life looking at everything around him he he came to this conclusion as expressed in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes here about vanity of vanities all is vanity all is is hevel we're going to talk about the meaning of that word in in just a second here but but what he did, as described in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we'll just do kind of a, a flyover on it, is that he tried to understand the mysteries of life through knowledge and studying and research and observing. And he talks in here about how he, he studied so hard, he fell asleep at the library every night. He just studied to his bones, reading all the books that he possibly could, and he tried to get all of this knowledge. But in the end, he said, no, that doesn't explain it all. It's, that's Hevel. It's Hevel. All is Hevel. And then he says, so I tried pleasure. I, I drank lots of wine, and I had lots of nice food, and there were parties, and I, I said to my heart that I wouldn't deny myself any pleasure that I could possibly think of. And as someone who had lots of money and being a king, he could really pull that off and do just about whatever he wanted. But then he comes to the end of that and he says, it's Hevel, it's Hevel, it's all all Hevel. And then he said, well, I know what I'll do. I'll work hard, I'll toil hard. I will focus on my labors. And so in Ecclesiastes, it'll talk about how he is is working so hard, toiling at his labors. But then in the end he says, Hevel, Hevel, it's all Hevel. Well, it's Hevel because it's, it's all susceptible to these these things he says it's all susceptible to to time okay he says that generations come and generations go and the earth remains basically talking about look at look at time so people come people go i was born i will pass away no one will remember me for very long and that's that's kind of the way it is my wife says i'll remember you oh but Generations come and generations go. You think back to when Solomon lived thousands of years ago. We don't, we don't really know those folks. The day in and day out, people who lived, generations came, generations went, the earth remains. So, so all of our studying, the pleasure, the toil, it's all susceptible to this passing of time. Then he also says, well, looking at all of this, everyone, everyone dies, everyone dies, Um, Whether someone who is rich or poor, uh, whether someone who is really smart or not really smart, um, or someone even who lives a righteous life or not a righteous life, everyone dies. And then he also says, life is very uh, uh, seeming to be unpredictable and random. So when, when we look out there, seemingly bad things can happen to good people, or good things can happen to bad people or the sun shines every day on everyone good and bad and rain comes on everyone good and bad and and he says this is just such a a mystery a puzzle it's it's hevel and so this word hevel in hebrew literally means like like a breath or smoke or or vapor or mist so it's like it's like something like, like, that, where it's real, but it's hard. It's hard to catch. It's hard to to really put your your hands on it. You know, it smells like a lemon, um, but you know, besides that, it's like it's just really kind of complex and hard and a mystery. So this word "hevel" has sort of two dimensions to it. There's a, a fleeting nature of it, fleeting. And also that it's elusive, puzzling, kind of an enigma. It's what he expresses in Ecclesiastes. But don't despair, because there's a couple things that he shares with young people like you before the end of his book. The first thing, if you go back to chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 1 so he says in verse 2, again, before these things happen, now I'm sharing with you one of the two things. He says in verse 1 to young people, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before those things that happen to Caleb, he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. In the days of your youth. You're young people now. The Hebrew word is zakar. It means, and this is a very important meaning. This, is, this comes from a Bible dictionary. So it's not just me making it up. It um, <clears throat> means this. To remember, think of, mention. This word basically means to recall information, however, usually has the added focus that a response to a need or situation will occur, implying that there is a relationship between parties or a renewal of an old relationship. It's a very important uh, dynamic as part of that meaning of the word to remember, but first of all, <clears throat> just think on your own, so how do you remember stuff right? how do you remember stuff um so like keys, you know homework, um like how do you remember stuff now, I need a volunteer from the the young ladies side if I could ask someone to i won't Embarrass you, Kirsten. I promise, but you can do this. Are you good at math? No, she's not good at math. Yes, she is. I, I heard you're. I heard you're very smart and you're good at math. So, Kirsten, let's do. Let's give her a, a round of applause here, okay? So, so, quick math drill. Are you ready for this? Okay, multiplication. Ready? All right. Three times three. Three times four. Twelve. Three times five. Fifteen. Three times sixteen. Uh. <laughs> 18. Forty-eight. Yes, very good. Okay, I slipped in a really hard one there. Three times seven. Uh. Yes, yeah, three times eight. Twenty-four. Three times nine. 24. Three times ten. Thirty. 3 times eleven. 33. Three times twelve. You ran the table. Good job. Give her a hand. Do you want to do the fours? No, the fours are too hard. I can do some of them. <laughs> I believe you. That's okay. You can sit down. Thank you. But Kirsten, tell me, how did you just just like that rem- remember how to do your multiplications? From the multiplication tables. Dad gave me to do them. Dad pays you to do it. <laughs> okay, so there was some motivation there. But um, so, what did that? What did that practically look like, though? I mean, not not like the handing you the money thing, but <laughs> you you what? You sat down and you did what? All right, so you wrote down the answers, probably like repetitively, like again and again and again, until it sort of just became it became. You know, in a part of your memory, in your, your recall, sort of a part of you, okay? It became like, like your nature within you. You can just recall it. Three times three, nine, I got it. All right. How many of you are driving? You have your driver's license, right? Okay. You don't have to raise your hand, but that's fine. So <clears throat> when you go out into your car or truck or buggy, whatever you drove tonight, <clears throat> how are you going to remember how to drive that thing? <laughs> I mean, hopefully you will, right? But, but you don't really remember. You remember, but what you do is you just get in and it all, it all happens, right? It all, it's, it's almost like it's part of you, like second nature, like this is who I am. I drive. You know, I'm a driver. I'm a math whiz. That's what I, I got that, okay? So <clears throat> what I'm trying to point out to you is that we have so many things in our lives that we, we remember because— it has become really like just part of us through, through repetition, through writing it down, through reading it, through memorizing. That's how we, we remember these, these things. And so I think that part of this definition of to remember your creator is, is the encouragement that young people make your creator, make God. He is just part of who you are. I mean, it's from the repetition of reading His Word, the repetition of going to church, of, of singing worship songs, uh, of hearing His Word, speaking His Word, praying His Word, um, praying to Him, speaking to Him, singing to Him. It, it's, it's an immersion of your whole self. And then you won't have to, on a day-to-day basis, be like, oh, I know I'm supposed to, oh. Remember what? Oh God, yeah, God. I'm supposed to remember God. No, it's it's part of who you are. So that's how we remember things. And then the second aspect of this definition, the relational aspect, right? Implying that there is a relationship or a renewal of an old relationship. A few weeks ago, Pastor Daniel. I think it was, was talking about um, Noah and the flood and Genesis 1-8. Um, in Genesis 1 8. In Genesis 1 8, we are told that um, the flood waters had, had risen up, and you know, Noah's in the boat, and he's in the boat for a long time. I don't remember how long he's in the boat, but it's a long time. And um, then we get to verse 1 of chapter 8, and it says, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark it's the same hebrew word god remembered noah and it's obviously it's not that god had forgotten all about noah oh yeah there's that little guy in that little boat there um, god remembered noah to act on his his behalf and so the word remember here ecclesiastes 12:1 remember your creator you're you're in a relationship with this God. And you're remembering to act in relationship with him as your creator. Now, why do you think he says as your creator to to young people? Well, I think it's because instead of just for saying, remember God in the days of your youth, remember your creator. Creator points to that relationship of creature and creator to to sort of emphasize the place of humility that we should have in our relationship with god as young people sometimes i I think it can be easy to um to tend towards that side of of invincible i know everything i can do everything i i'm you know independent you know but solomon ecclesiastes says remember your creator to point out the humility that he wants us to have As we are in relationship with Almighty God, we are the creatures. He is the Creator and the Sovereign One who has um, remembered us in Christ. So that's number one. Before those things happen to you that happened to Caleb, remember also your Creator. But did you catch that second word there, also? Also, okay? Also. If there's an also, then there must be something else. Well, you have to work back a couple verses to 11 verse 9 to find the other encouragement to young people. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9 says, Rejoice, rejoice, O young man. In your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you in to judgment. So let's talk about that a little bit. Rejoice, though, is what he what he says. Oh, yo, oh, young man, in your youth, I I I find it surprising actually, that one of the things Ecclesiastes would say to young people is to rejoice in your youth. Have joy in it. Let your heart cheer you. You know, but when when I think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Young people, have joy in your youthfulness. I mean, enjoy This part of life, where you're at right now, because you have more strength and energy and time and opportunity, perhaps, than what you ever will in all the rest of your life. Enjoy it. Have joy in it, Um, because God has provided this time for you. And walk in the ways of your heart, he says. So what, what are you interested in? What excites you? What do you find enjoyment in? I think that Ecclesiastes is saying, go for it, do it, try it, pursue it, you know, with the caution of God will bring all things into judgment. <laughs> so what he's really saying is, go after, be adventurous, be excited, rejoice in pursuing everything that God puts in your heart to do for him in his glory. Go for it. Don't, don't hold back. Don't think, I'm too inexperienced, I'm too young, I'm not strong enough, I'm not whatever, 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 whatever. Go for it. Rejoice in it. If you like running, run. If you love playing the violin, play the violin. Enjoy family. Enjoy friends. Do adventurous, exciting things for the glory of God. Go to Uganda, go to Guatemala, go to Peru, go to Ecuador, serve at your church, serve at Crossing All Borders, serve at a homeless shelter. Do these things with vigor and vitality and have joy in it is what I think God wants you to do. Because remember, a principle that, you know, if God has blessed you with strength, he's blessed you with strength so you can serve those who are not as strong. If God has blessed you, with with intelligence then he's blessed you with intelligence so that that you can help those who are not so intelligent you know what i'm saying today um after church you know Lou Gregus uh who's not he's not here now but Lou um he approached me and we were talking and he uh he said that um you know he had something at his at his home um that needed to be moved And so actually how we started the conversation was, you know, how are your boys? And we talked about my boys a little bit. And then he told me about the thing that needed moved. And then he said, well, um, you know, I wanted to ask you about it, but not really you, but I wanted to ask you about your boys, (laughs) if they'd be able to come to my house and help me move this thing. So he's gotten a new um, table saw, and it weighs about 600 pounds. And so he was asking people to come help him move it. So we got to his house and he bought these straps at Lowe's, these things that you put on your shoulders and it's got like a um, you know a band kind of thing that you put under the thing you're going to lift up and you go like this and you lift it up. So when we first got there <clears throat> um, you know <clears throat> there were just a few of us there and so I grabbed a strap and I start putting it on and I'm about to you know run it under and start to hook up and Lou says, "Oh, core. Whoa, core. Whoa." Anybody, anybody but you, okay? We got, we got, we got a lot of young, strong guys who are coming. So, I mean, just, you need to take that off. All right, Lou, okay. Um, but, you know, Lou, hey, I'm 47, all right? I'm not as strong as I used to be, but, you no. Know, um, so, Ethan put it on, and then the two Gruden boys came and put it on, and uh, a Douglas boy came and put it on, you know, and they moved the thing. And I just stand back, I just stood back and supervised, those were the strong guys, all right? Rejoice in your strength. Rejoice in your youth. Be energetic. Be, um, go for it. Be who God wants you to be, you know? I was about to say that silly thing, be all you can be. No, you know, this is not an army commercial. It's, um, it's, it's an encouragement from God's word to rejoice in the youth and the vitality and the strength that he's given to you. 1 Timothy 4:12 says, "Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity." Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and purity. So I think um, we close there tonight with um, those two encouragements that I believe are for young people, for you from the book of Ecclesiastes to remember your creator in the days of your youth and to rejoice in your youth and the vitality that God has given to you right now. And don't sit back and, and wait. Um, do it now. What God puts on your heart to do, do it with all your might for his glory and set an example for all the rest of us in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for these encouragements. Thank you for Ecclesiastes, and um, this reminder that even though life can be fleeting and puzzling at times, there is there is truth to, in knowing you. There is truth in it. There is truth in knowing our creator and in serving our creator. And I pray, God, for myself <clears throat> and for uh, the young people in front of me here, God, that you would help us to rejoice in the strength that you give us, um, rejoice in the the vitality that you've given to us, and may we serve you in it, Lord, with all of our hearts. And God, I pray um, for anyone who just has something on their heart tonight that maybe you have brought to their mind, maybe a way of serving in the church, or maybe um, a way that that um, they can be used of you. I just pray that they would do it. Um and not put it off uh, or set it aside. Um, But may they pick up that thing, that gift that you've given to them, and may they go with it with all their heart for your glory, God. We love you, Lord. Thank you that um, you will never forget us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Help us to remember you, God, every moment of every day. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 9th and 10th percent-